Section 2 of The Secret of Casa Grande by Helen Randolph. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mary Scano. The search begins. This is the strangest thing I've ever heard of, declared Florence as they hurried back to the house, eager to examine the rear wall from the inside. How long have you lived here, Florence? asked Joanne. I'm sure I'd have seen that window long before this if I'd been in your place. We've lived here about eight years, but as I told you, I've only been in that church a few times, and I've never walked down that back street. Lived here eight years and never walked back of your own house, exclaimed Joanne in surprise. Who ever heard of such a thing? But you don't understand, Florence replied. It isn't exactly proper for me to wander down that back street. Both girls opened their eyes wide in astonishment. Not proper to go back of your own house, ejaculated Peggy. The very idea. Yes, you see, it's only a narrow street leading to one of the poorest sections of the city. Only the very lowest class of people live on it. Mother and I drive down on the next street sometimes, accompanied by Felipe, to carry food and clothes to the destitute families, but I've never been down that narrow street. It must be something like it is on the street cars at home, Joanne said thoughtfully, coming to Florence's assistance. You know how they are, Peggy. One section marked colored, and you never sit there. Up the long flight of stairs, they ran to the Blackwell's apartment. Each girl eager to be the first to solve the mystery. Joanne's long legs carried her ahead of Florence and Peggy, who arrived a moment later out of breath. There stood Joanne, staring blankly at the solid plastered wall at the end of the hall. I'm sure this is where that window ought to be, she said finally in a perplexed tone. There certainly isn't any sign of one that I can see, added Peggy, while Florence gazed silently at the spot where she thought the opening should be. Just then, Juana ran in from the kitchen to see what had caused so much commotion in the silent old house. Florencita, ¿qué es? What is it? She asked in alarm. It's nothing, replied Florence in Spanish. Understanding the superstitious nature of the Indians, she thought it wiser not to tell Juana about this mysterious window for the present. Juana stared in shocked surprise. Something was wrong, she was sure. Young ladies of the best families did not deport themselves in such a manner. Her Florencita had never acted this way before, racing into the house like mad. Finally, shaking her head and mumbling to herself, she returned to the kitchen to finish her preparations for lunch. The moment she disappeared through the kitchen door, Joanne hastened through the one opposite and called to Florence and Peggy. Come on! Maybe we can see something from the window in this back room. Much to their disappointment, the iron bars, set in the deep recess of the thick walls, prevented them from seeing anything, except a part of the ruins of the old church directly across the narrow street. And so the mystery deepens, <laughs> laughed Joanne. I've heard of bumping your head against a stone wall, but I've never understood what it meant until now. Do you know what I think it is? remarked Florence as they wandered back to the hall. At one time, there probably was an opening here. 
she motioned toward the solid wall at the end of the hall. Then, sometime when they were fixing the house over, they closed it up. This house is very, very old, you know. But why would they leave a hole on the outside? Peggy asked. Oh, they probably didn't think it mattered on that back street. And maybe the stones didn't fit or something. These walls are so thick, you know. It wouldn't make any difference. It's too small to be a window anyway. Maybe so, commented Peggy. But it sounds funny to me. Joanne was silent. She was thinking. Thinking hard. She thoroughly agreed with Florence that the house was old. But she was sure that the opening had not been left by a careless mistake. There's a reason for it, she told herself, and I'm going to find out what it is. Just then, Florence's father, Dr. Blackwell, a tall, distinguished-looking, gray-haired man, came up the stairs. Good morning, young ladies. He greeted them pleasantly. You look quite fresh and rested after keeping such late hours. We're feeling the best ever, Joanne answered. Well, you certainly look it, he declared, glancing from one to the other. Florence, you have more color in your cheeks than I've seen for a long time. Miss Joe and Miss Peggy are having a good effect on you already. Oh, Daddy, we're having a wonderful time. But did you know there's a mystery about our house? We've just made the queerest discovery. Dr. Blackwell laughed. What is it, may I ask? Some mysterious writing on the wall or a pot of gold? Neither. We found a window that isn't a window. It opens on the outside of the house, but not on the inside. Well, now, that's strange, isn't it? He replied smilingly, as though humoring a small child. Really, Dr. Blackwell, there's a mysterious window that should open at the end of this hall, exclaimed Joanne, but we can find no trace of an opening ever having been there. At the moment, Felipe, combination chauffeur and houseboy, announced lunch and the subject was dropped as they all hastened into the dining room. Peggy and Joanne were surprised to find, after their late breakfast, that they were quite hungry. As Felipe and Juana passed back and forth, waiting on the table, Joanne thought how convenient it was to have servants who could not understand what you said. You didn't have to be nearly as careful as you did at home with the Negro servants. I thought you girls might like to see something of our city. Dr. Blackwell remarked as they were eating their dessert. I've arranged for Felipe to take you for a drive this afternoon. I'd thought I'd be able to accompany you, but a doctor's time's never his own, so I'll have to depend on Florence and Felipe to show you the city. That'll be fine, exclaimed Peggy, but we're sorry you can't go with us, aren't we, Joe? Joanne nodded an emphatic assent and then went on to embark to Dr. Blackwell. We saw something very interesting this morning. The old church back of your house. I've been reading early American history a good deal lately, and this church seems very much the same type as the old missions in California. Well, well, smiled Dr. Blackwell in surprise. I thought the modern young girl used her pretty head solely for thinking of frocks and furbelows. Peggy laughed. Joanne hates dress-up clothes. She'd lived in jodhpurs or knickers and shirts if her mother didn't make her get out of them occasionally. She was enthusiastic over horses and dogs and swimming, but her chief hobby is nosing around old buildings. There's so much 
mystery and romance connected with historic buildings, Joanne put in, shining-eyed. If you're looking for mystery and romance, Dr. Blackwell remarked, there's plenty of it to be found in this part of the country. That is, if you can only find the key to unlock it. I've been so busy studying the ancient system of sanitation, or lack of it, that I've no time for anything of that sort. If you get Joanne started along that line, she'll never stop, put in Peggy with a teasing glance at Joanne. Dr. Blackwell smiled. Then I'll turn her over to a friend of mine, a prominent lawyer who'll be delighted to discuss the early history of this country with her. You know whom I mean, Florence? Senor Rodriguez. Florence nodded. He has the best equipped library in the city, continued the doctor, and you can dig into the past to your heart's content, Miss Joe. That would be wonderful, cried Joanne excitedly. I know I'll enjoy meeting him and seeing his library. I adore books, especially about the old historic buildings. As they rose from the table, Peggy remarked, Joe and I want to run across the plaza to buy some postcards to send home. Do you want to go with us, Florence? Florence and her father exchanged smiling glances as she replied, You can't buy postcards now. The store is closed for an hour or two in the middle of the day. Oh, I forgot I'm in Mexico, laughed Peggy. In tropical countries, it's the custom to take a siesta after lunch, Dr. Blackwell explained. People sleep in the hottest part of the day and do their work in the cool of the evening. It's a very good custom, too. Since the sun has a tendency to cause fever if one is in it too much. On hearing this, the girls meekly followed Florence to their room, and when she removed her dress and shoes and dropped down on the bed, they followed her example. How still it is, thought Joanne. Not a sound floated up from the street below, not a leaf stirred on the trees in the park across the way. Even nature seemed to be sleeping, so deep. So intense was the stillness. Florence, from habit, was soon sound asleep. The other two girls whispered quietly for a while. Then Peggy's eyelids drooped, and she, too, succumbed to the restful quiet. But Joanne could not sleep. There were too many things to think about. A visit to the Senor's library. She'd love that. And that old church across the street. There must be some very interesting facts connected with it. She'd find out more about that later from the senor's books. But that window, it still puzzled her. There was something curious about it. What was that Dr. Blackwell had said about finding the key to unlock the mystery? That's what I'll do. Find the key and unlock the mystery of this strange window, she told herself. Won't Dr. Blackwell be surprised when I tell him I've solved it? Acting on a sudden impulse, she slipped out of bed quietly, so as not to disturb Peggy and Florence. What she was going to do, she wanted to do alone. She put on her dress and some rubber-soled shoes, then picking up a large sun hat from a chair, softly opened the door. There, at the head of the stairs, sat Felipe, sound asleep. She hesitated only a moment, then crept softly past him, and on down the stairs. One good thing about these houses is there's no danger of a loose board or a creaky step giving you away, she thought. Not a soul was in sight outside, not even a dog. Quickly, she ran down the street and around the corner, 
but drew back as a terrific heat struck her face. Heat waves radiated from the cobblestones, and the white stone walls, acting as double reflectors, turned the narrow street into a veritable furnace. But nothing could stop her now. There was something she wanted to find out about the rear wall of the house. Pulling her hat down farther over her face, she squinted her eyes and gazed up at the glaring white walls above her. Quickly, she scratched three marks on the walls, one directly below the kitchen window, one beneath the back room window, and the third beneath the mysterious opening. Then she paced off the distance between the marks. She was positive now that she could mark the exact spot on the inner side of the wall where the opening should be. Eager to escape from the intense heat, she hastened back to the house. Phew, it's hot, she exclaimed herself. These Mexicans show good judgment in sleeping at this time of the day. I don't blame them in the least. Fanning herself with her hat, she dropped down on the lower step to cool off a moment. How refreshing was the coolness of the great hall. She wondered how it was possible to be cool here and so hot outside. She listened intently for a moment, but not a sound came from above. Apparently, everyone was still asleep. Softly, she slipped up the stairs, step by step, till she caught a glimpse of the sleeping Felipe just as she had left him. His chair tipped back against the wall and his head dropped forward. There was only one more step now. Holding her breath, she lifted her foot, then suddenly there was a loud bumping noise. She was so startled that she almost lost her balance. Clutching at the wall, she stared before her. Felipe, roused by some strange instinct, had let his chair down with a bang. No, 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 muy mal! Very bad! He exclaimed, pointing to her face. He patted himself on the head and talked rapidly in Spanish in an effort to make her understand that the sun was bad for the head, as he expressed it. Much disgusted with herself for getting caught and eager to escape, she called back, See, sí, see, sí, yes, yes, and hastened on to her room. Now that her plan to measure the hall had been interrupted, she would have to wait till a more opportune time for that. Searching for paper and pencil, she decided to do the next best thing, put the outside measurements down so there'd be no danger of forgetting them. She was sitting by the window, busily drawing a plan of the house, when Florence called in a surprised voice. Why, Joanne, where have you been? Your face is as red as a beet. It's nothing, she replied. I just went down and measured the position of those windows on the back wall. And was it hot? You mean you've been down there in the sun? Florence could hardly believe her ears. Joe, you shouldn't have done that. At the sound of the voices, Peggy opened her eyes, then sat up in bed to stare at Joanne. For goodness sake, Joe, what have you been up to now? she asked. Oh, nothing, Joanne answered crisply. Why couldn't they leave her alone? She hadn't committed a crime. But Joe, your face! You're so hot! Well... If you must know, I've been searching for the key with which to unlock the mystery, as Dr. Blackwell suggested. End of Chapter 2 Recording by Mary Scarnell.